Welcome. Welcome to the Porch here on Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, the red letter basics of the Bible. If the Lord said it, we believe it, and we're going to do it. We follow the example of the book of Acts Churched, and in doing so, I believe, we find the church the Lord intended, and not the one that man created. Porch has always been about the re- the priesthood of the believer and regaining that world-shaking influence that the early church had. If you'd like to be a part of our community, let us know. Go to firefalltalkradio.com, write us there, or you can write us at the porch at firefalltalkradio.com. Praise reports, prayer requests, if you have a need, whatever it is, let us know. We, uh, appreciate your support and encouragement, those of you that do. We know that during these times, finances are tough, and we've seen we've seen a squeeze there, but we trust in the Lord, so uh, keep that in prayer. Welcome to all our listeners from the various streaming sites. Let us know where you hear us. If you watch the videos of The Porch, uh, my apologies. We are backlogged in the editing process, trying to catch up once we have I'll let you know. Newsletter went out last week. If you are on the list and didn't receive it, check your spam or your junk folder. If you didn't receive it and would like one, write to us and let us know and we'll send you one. I want to start out by reading Luke 8, verses 22 through 25, before I get to the praise reports and prayer requests, because it ties into what we're going to talk about tonight. Now it happened on a certain day that he, and he being Yeshua, got into the boat with his disciples. And he said to them, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep, and a windstorm came on the lake. And they were filling with water and were in danger. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging water, and they ceased and there was a calm. But he said to them, Where is your faith, your confidence in me? Why are you so fearful? Where's your trust in my veracity and my integrity? And they marveled and said to one another, Who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Tonight we're still talking armor of God. We're going to be talking the shield of faith. But let's start out with praise reports and prayer requests. And this all ties into faith. Everything I have is by faith. My home, my wife, my family, sons, daughter-in-laws, grandson, our furry kids. Everything I have is because of faith in him. His provision and protection. The dreams and the visions living out Joel 2.28. The healing virtues, the favor, the revelation by faith. For being a new creation, living in these prophetic times because of my faith in him. I praise him for the signs that I believe by faith he's getting ready to return. So I keep an eye on the sky and an eye on the job. I am committed to what he said, tarry and occupy. So let's get ready. Let's do everything he's called us to do. And let's start out by praying for the peace of Jerusalem. Psalm 122, verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. 
I pray for Jerusalem. I pray for Israel. Pray for its leadership and its people. Pray for America. You know, I don't say this casually when I say, may God shed his grace on thee. I mean it. We need his grace. Right now, where we are in America, only he can fix. No man can fix it. Politics can't fix it. First of all, they made the mess. Nothing in this world can fix what's wrong with this country. Only he can. And if he doesn't, we're done. Pray for the fatherless and the widows, the persecuted and the martyred, the innocents and those that are victims of injustice. Injustice should bother you. You will never see justice in the here and now. There will be no justice until the gavel is in the Lord's hands. But he called for us to pray and to call for justice and to stand against injustice. Stand against the slaughter of the innocents, both in and out of the womb, both human and animal, I believe. His creation deserves our attention. I pray for the missing and exploited children, and I pray against those who do it, who are a part of human trafficking, sex trafficking. I stand against them in the spirit, and I stand against the demonic powers behind it. I pray for our brothers and sisters around the world being slaughtered and persecuted for their faith in the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Don't forget them. Just because we live here in America and everything seems okay, it's not for them. Their houses are being burnt down. Their places of worship are being destroyed. They're being imprisoned. Families being separated. Praying against the growing religious persecution and the anti-Semitism both seem to go hand in hand, both being empowered by the spirit of the Antichrist, which is only being withheld by the Holy Spirit in the church. I pray that we would get back to our divine design, wholeness, health, and healing, so that we can do the job, do what he's called us to do. I pray that we would figure out where we became a part of the problem, to fix what needs to be fixed, to do what needs to be done, so that we can get back to our divine design. Right now, I pray in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, that you are healed heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. Be healed. Be protected. Have that Psalm 91 covering over you and yours. Claim that. Pray it. Believe it every day. Speak it by faith. I pray for divine protection, for inspiration, for the remnant to rise up and answer the call. We're going to get the job done. The remnant is. The church is too busy playing church. They're too busy being entertained and having their ears tickled. The remnant will be the army that does it for him. For those that have been called to bless to be a blessing. Firefall has needs. The porch has needs. SRT. I want to get that documentary done. I talk about it in the, in the newsletter. It weighs heavily on me that we began it and couldn't finish it partially because of funds. And then the COVID pandemic happened and interfered with our ability to travel. We would like to get it done. We'd like to expose the enemy and destroy their works. That the open conduits of his blessings would flow to fund the dreams, the visions, and the missions. Pray for our lost family members. We call them into the kingdom, out of darkness, and into the light. 
And we pray for all the things that we're working on here for the kingdom of God. The only other prayer request I have is from Nick in Dallas. He said his eldest sister woke up this morning with severe pain in her abdomen, currently at the ER with her husband. Pain is high enough that even the morphine isn't touching the pain. So he's asking for prayer for healing and a favorable outcome. So, Father, you know these things. You're not surprised by anything we tell you. But you told us to come to you. So we boldly approach the throne of grace and mercy, saying, Abba, Father, Papa, God, Daddy, we love you with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all our soul and spirit. We love you. We pray right now that you would not only hear our prayers, but that you'd answer them even before we ask. We pray for protection, your divine hedge about us, that you are the shield about us, the glory and the lifter of our head. You are the one we have faith in. We thank you for sending Yeshua to die for us, to pay our debt with every drop of blood. We will never, ever take that for granted. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your love. You loved us when we were unlovable. You sent your Spirit to walk with us, to guide us, to teach us. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, do that tonight. Open our eyes, open our hearts, open our minds. We take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Messiah. We claim the mind of Messiah. And we cast down every vain imagination that would exalt itself above the knowledge of El Elyon, God Most High, our Father. So right now, brothers and sisters, church, cry out to him. Tell him how much you love him. Speak your loved ones up to him in prayer to be saved, to be healed, to be delivered. The Holy Spirit have your way. Do as you will this night. In Yeshua's name, amen. Lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. But we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying with all, always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, 
And for me, Paul says, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in change, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Now, as I worked on this today, realizing that we're, we're probably a couple of weeks away from finishing this, I began to sense in my spirit a, um, a restlessness among you wondering why I'm staying on this topic, why I'm digging in, why I am stretching it out. Well, if you haven't noticed, there's something going on in the world, and Hasatan and the fallen are behind it. And the church was supposed to be doing something about it. But unfortunately, right now, we have too many people that want their ears tickled by prophets that tell them everything's okay when it's not. Telling them, oh, God's going to fix this, God's going to fix that, he's going to do this or do that. When when I ask the Lord directly, he says no. He's allowed what's happened to, to happen to wake up his church, to get our attention, and to allow things to be exposed. But Brother Larry and I pray every day, the Lord's told him that he'll bring, he'll bring us through the fire, which means there's going to be a fire told me months ago, actually the beginning of uh, the end of last year, to pray for everything to be torn down, rooted up, and rebuilt. Well, we're still in the first part. Getting to the second part, going to be a while till we get to the third part. So we need to understand warfare. We need to understand this, especially the shield of faith. But three times from verses 10 through 13, Paul calls for believers to stand against Hasatan's schemes, and it's not just him, it's the entire kingdom of darkness. The spiritual battle that we're in is against the spiritual forces in the heavenly places through their human adversaries, but we don't battle against flesh and blood, but we're in a battle. And the battle is to preach the gospel, the battle is to get people saved, healed, and delivered. The battle is to destroy the works of the enemy. And then through verses 14 through 16, he gives you the defensive armor. Tells you to put on the whole armor, the full armor, the completeness of its divine nature. So that's what I'm trying to get you to understand. And if that's not what you want, I'm sorry. I can only do what the Lord tells me to do. I can only say what he wants me to say. Stand. Therefore, do something about what we're seeing, even if it's just on your knees or in your prayer closet. We know the enemy. We know the battleground on which we will fight that enemy. We have the stability and the sure-footedness of the shoes of the gospel of peace, the belt of truths in place, the breastplates in place. Now, let's take it up. Let's go to battle against the ferocious enemy. They want a war, we'll give them one. Action in reaction to the threat. Faith in place for the retaliation. The shield of faith. Above all, take the shield of faith, with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. The verbiage there is that there will be fiery darts. You're going to be able to block them. Faith in the Greek. Pistis, reliance and trust in God. 
That's the central focus of being a believer. Faith denotes trust. The English noun faithfulness means trustworthiness or dependability. The Holman Illustrated Bible Dictionary says this about faith. Throughout the scriptures, faith is the trustful human response to God's self-revelation via his words and his actions. God initiates the relationship between himself and human beings. He expects people to trust him. Failure to trust him was, in essence, the first sin in Genesis 3. Since the fall of humanity, God nurtures and inspires trust in him through what he says and does for the benefit of people who need him. He provides evidence of his trustworthiness by acting and speaking in the external world to make himself knowable to people who need him. Thus, biblical faith is a kind of limited personal knowledge of God. Well, I'm going to disagree with you there, Holman Illustrated Bible Dictionary. It's not limited. It's vast. It's expansive. Biblical faith is personal knowledge of God. Psalm 119, starting with verse 89. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You establish the earth, and it abides. They continue this day according to your ordinances, for all are your servants. Psalm 31, verse 19. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you which you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men. Psalm 33, verses 18 and 19. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy, to to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Boy, David, you got a pattern going on here about trust. You know where that trust comes from? First of all, it comes from experiential knowledge. But it comes from knowing that he's as good as his word. Someone who fears, someone who reveres, somebody who's in awe of their Abba Father dreads disappointing him. But that fear, that reverence, that awe produces joy and fulfillment in our life. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13 After he's laid out his entire case all throughout the 12 chapters in Ecclesiastes. That's the whole story, Solomon says. Here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. Remember, Solomon wrote that with hindsight because he had made a mess of things. He had married a lot of women had laid with concubines from foreign nations. He had allowed them to worship their false gods and to build altars and high places all over Jerusalem. But at the end of his life, he came to his senses. When all has been heard, the end of the matter is, fear God. Worship him with awe-filled, awe-filled reverence, knowing that he is almighty God. Keep his commandments, for this applies to every person. To fear the Lord is synonymous with serve him in sincerity and truth out of Joshua 24, 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord, 
serve him in sincerity and truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. Hey, church, stop serving the gods from your past. Stop serving the gods of this world. Stop serving the false gods of the religious world. Get back to the purity of the gospel, the red-letter basis. Get back to your first love. You should want to please him. Even in warfare, that faith that you're standing against Hasatan and the fallen with, that shield that you hold up, is knowing him. Knowing who he is. Knowing what he can do. Way back when I first got saved, be 33 years this October, isn't that amazing? One of the first things he showed me was who my dad was, who my Abba was. So that when I went into battle with the fallen, when I went into battle with their demonic offspring, I did it knowing who my dad was. I did it knowing who was coming into battle with me. And I, and I know I've told this story, and some of you have seen the video. But in a confrontation in McCullough, Alabama, Baal Barith had showed up, but he brought a big brought along with him a big brother, because he'd gotten his butt kicked so many times. He brought some help, and he showed up. And this righteous indignation came over me. And I threw down all the, the things that were in my hands. I, I struggled to get out of the backpack. And I walked out into the middle of this area. And I said, that's it, Barith. Me and my king against you and yours. That's faith and trust and knowing who I walk with. But see, Hebrews 11.6 is something that has always resonated in me. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and we know he is God, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That doesn't mean you're begging, you're pleading, you seek him. You seek a relationship with him. You want to walk in the cool of the evening with him like Adam did. Benjamin B. Warfield wrote this. It is not strictly speaking even faith in, he says Christ, I'll say Messiah, that saves. But Messiah that saves through faith. The saving power resides exclusively not in the act of faith or the attitude of faith or the nature of faith, but in the object of faith. And in this, the whole biblical representation centers so that we could not be more radically mis we could not more radically misconceive it than by transferring to faith even the smallest fraction of that saving energy, <clears throat> sorry, which is attributed in the scriptures solely to Messiah himself. So I even get emotional talking about him. For everything that he's done for me, from saving me, giving back my family, doing everything that I've done with him and for him over all these years, that he would even consider me. 
that he would even show up and talk to me and share things with me or sometimes just blurt things out. To hear him say, I love you. My faith is in him. My faith is definitely not in my faith. My faith is not in the act of faith. My faith, like Warfield says, is in a person. That's the emphasis of our faith. That's why I call us believers. The word Christian, I know some of you use that. Some of you use Christ. That's fine, whatever's comfortable to you. But my belief in Messiah, I'm a believer. Don't start saying, don't do it. And my commitment to him is based upon my confession of faith that I know who he is and that I know who I am in him. That's the centrality of our faith. That's the centrality of our belief. See, I think that's what I believe Paul is speaking, Luke is writing in Hebrews. He was trying to get across to the Messianic community. Hebrews 6, 1, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Messiah, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Once you've gotten to the cross, once you've made him Lord of your life, once you've established, confessed with your mouth, believe in your heart that he has been raised from the dead, he is your Savior. The cross is central to who we are. It's, a, it's an anchor, but you've got to move past that. You've got to move to the empty tomb. He's not just a dead prophet. He's a risen Messiah. And then you've got to get to the upper room, because that means he's sitting at the right hand of the Father in fullness and power and has sent back the Ruach HaKodesh, which proceeds from the Father to you. That's the progression of faith. Which is why Martin Luther hung his argument on the door of the Catholic Church about justification by faith. Not in ritual, not in rote, not in rules, but from a heart changed by faith. Of course, he got off track too because religion is a, is a virus. It's an insidious virus that seeps into almost everything, and you really have to fight hard to keep it out. By faith alone. Some of you are struggling right now with issues in your life. They may be personal, they may be emotional, they may be spiritual, they may be financial, whatever it is. Focus on Him and your faith in Him. He is as good as His Word, and for whatever reason, He's allowing you to go through something right now to train you, to get you prepared so that you can minister to others, to show you areas of your life that have not been healed. He's perfecting you. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit-infused power, the gift of faith. That way we can discern his will. That way we can discern the enemy. Yeah, you know, I'm still talking warfare. I'm still talking that shield. 
Because when the war gets hot and the barrage is coming in from every direction, you better have faith. The faith just to hold the shield up and know it's going to hold. But he's given you a faith through the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12, 9. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit. These come from the Holy Spirit. The infilling, indwelling of the Holy Spirit produces gifts and fruit that allows you to live in a fallen world and to be about your Father's business. Romans twelve three. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. See, that's your prayer right now. Lord, I need the measure of faith to deal with what I'm dealing with. I need you to send that measure so that I can deal with this and get to the next challenge. See, this isn't a checklist. This isn't a ritual. This isn't religion. This is internal, not external. Remember, we live inside out. For some reason, that that, that concept, I, I've spoken to believers lately, and they're not getting it. They're not getting that concept of inside out. I don't know what that is. I, I don't know why that is. It just, to me, seems hard for people to understand. Why, why am I living this inside-out life? No, the question is, why aren't you living inside-out life? The Nelson Study Bible says this, that phrase, above all may mean that the shield is to be used against everything. may also mean the shield is to cover the whole armor, which it does. A Roman soldier's shield typically measured two and a half feet by four feet, two and a half feet wide by four feet long. The believer's shield offers protection against all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Flaming arrows could not protect penetrate the fireproof shield of the ancient Roman soldiers and nor can the assaults of Satan and the kingdom of darkness penetrate to the believer who places his or her faith in God. What's your faith in? Not in your faith. Not in what you know about faith. Your faith is trust in Messiah, which means then you trust in God to meet all of your needs in this evil day. And those fiery darts, yes, they were arrows that uh, had been, the chips had been wrapped in leather, soaked in a flammable liquid, lit and shot into the air. And so when you lifted up your shield, it was either made of metal or it could have been made of leather that had been soaked in oil so that when the arrow hit it, it went out, didn't penetrate, didn't set you on fire. But Paul's talking about sins. Paul's talking about temptation. He's talking about accusation. He's talking about everything the enemy does to get through and do damage to you. 
Remember, for weeks we were reading the Lord's Prayer, verse 13 of Matthew 6. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. When he was in the garden and he asked them to pray, and he came back after sweating the drops of blood and found them asleep, he said, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. There's your battle. If if you want to talk about your battleground before you even get to the battleground with the enemy, your flesh. Remember, the battle is with the world, the flesh, and the devil. And not just the flesh of others, but your own. Your old nature, which is a zombie that wants to come back to life, a monster that wants to be fed. That until you get your glorified body is always laying around somewhere looking for that drop of food. 1 Corinthians 10.13 No temptation is overtaking you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. You will never get more than you can handle. Believe me, I've been there at moments where I've said, Lord, you obviously have a lot more faith in me than I do because I'm not sure I can bear this, but then, of course, I always do because he helps me. Temptations in this world, temptations like Eve suffered when the serpent seduced her or all the way up to Yeshua in the wilderness. Satan is always sending temptation. He's always sending an arrow of some sort. James 1, starting verse 12, Blessed is the man or woman who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil. Nor does he himself tempt anyone, but each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, when desire has been conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. This world right now, whether it's television, media, social media, internet, whatever it is, your your smartphone, your emails... You're constantly being enticed to lust, to desire. You're being bombarded with it. Above all, above all, above everything, take up the shield of faith. Because that devil, that kingdom ruled by the devil, those demons that serve him, the fallen angels that work with him, or sending these fiery arrows and darts your way. So what are you going to do? You're going to run? You're going to hide? You're going to scream? No. You're going to stand. And when having done all, to stand. And you're going to protect not only your body, but the body of your brother and sister next to you. That was the concept of the armor. The armor curved a little bit so that it, 
gave a little bit of an edge to the body. It also meant that things would deflect. But then when you put shield to shield with the person next to you, and then some would put the ones up above them, and some would put the ones behind them, they became this impenetrable armor, this wall of safety and faith against those arrows flying from every direction. Belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace. That's the other thing about this shield. You can't stand upright. You can't really be haughty. You've got to get down at a little bit of a crouch so that it covers more of you. And you know the other thing about shields, I fought with swords. I've messed around with the shield. The great thing about it is you can push back. You can push up against the enemy. You can push them back as you push them away. And these aren't the little round shield. This is a an address to the church. Therefore, we're fighting together, side by side, back to back. And I know for some of you that's hard to visualize. I can only tell you my experience doing security in the middle of a riot. When all the, the other security guards fled the stage and left me and one other person to protect the band. That's basically what we did. We stood back to back and we took on all comers and we protected each other. Will you stand back to back with your brother and your sister? Will you hold up your shield for them? Will you push back against the enemy when they can't? Only you know the answer to that question. Only you know whether when those darts come in and that flame looks hot and bright, whether you're going to have the courage to stand there. It's a natural reaction to become afraid. So don't, don't uh, condemn yourself if you do. For faith, by grace, preserves and protects the entire body, both singular and plural. Faith is a part of our character. It protects everything. It's indispensable to the armor of God and to the soldier of the Lord. When I say that, what do you think? Soldier of the Lord. Do you see yourself as a soldier? Do you see yourself useful? Or have you allowed the condemnation of the enemy to get into your ears? Well, I can't do that. Yeah, you can. And I'm not telling you to do what I do or what SRT does. That's not what I'm telling you. You can pray. You can intercede. You can stand with others in prayer and push back. We can plunder the kingdom of darkness. Give me a break. Satan funds his kingdom. I believe part of the reason we don't have what we need because we haven't plundered. I've begun to speak to things not as they are, but as they should be. I've begun to speak to things knowing that something's been withheld or someone did not follow through. 
and I began to speak to it in the Word by His Spirit to be what it's supposed to be. The truth is, this is just my opinion, you may find it arrogant, forgive me if you do, considering my calling and what I do for the kingdom and what I am expected to do for the kingdom, this shouldn't be a problem. But I don't tickle ears. I don't manipulate. I don't do those things, nor will I ever do those things. My faith and my trust is in him and in people to do what he tells them to do. But I will stand with you. I will stand for you. If he tells me to go in to the lion's den, I will go. If you've been foolish enough to get captured, I'll come. My brothers will come. We will stand. We will take on all comers because of love for him and for his flock, because we trust him. I know he'll protect us. I know he'll protect what is ours, even though the enemy threatens them every chance he gets. I'm I'm tired of watching families destroyed. I'm tired of watching sheep get stolen. I'm tired of watching worthless shepherds fleecing the flock. I am persuaded by his word and by the truth of his promises to use that shield of faith against all attacks and all temptations. Hebrews 11.1 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is. If you saw the sea conference, you were there, or you watched the videos, you know I made a big deal out of the phrasing. Now faith is. I have now faith. I have the expectancy of now. I know he's out of time, outside of time, so his now and my now may not line up. But I can only speak what I believe. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things that we hope for. The proof of things we don't yet see and the conviction of their reality Faith perceiving as real fact which is not revealed to the senses. Faith. That shield of faith. It keeps you going. You know, sometimes you you get tired in the midst of the battle. You need to rest. You can lean on that shield. Faith. Faith in Messiah. Faith in his word, faith in his nature, faith in the redemption, faith in the grace, the unmerited favor. The antithesis of everything the kingdom of darkness does and the enemy does. And remember, it's protect you against the wicked one. Well, that's really easy. Satan and his kingdom are wicked. And everything they do is wicked. It's evil. 
the darts of temptation, the darts of accusation, the darts that tear you down, the darts to demean you and discourage you and defame you, this swift. Sometimes they come from all directions. You don't even know where they're coming from. They get through. You get a deep wound, sometimes wounded down to your soul. But his faith will sustain you. 1 John 5, verses 4 and 5, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Yeshua is the Son of God. Faith, knowing that there is a roaring lion, seeking to devour someone, having the ability to devour someone, but knowing that if I have submitted to him and I'm standing close to him, that adversary is not going to come. I'm going to resist him steadfast in what? In the faith, knowing that I'm not the only one suffering these things. Oh, woe is me, does not fit in the kingdom of God. Because you have brothers and sisters going through worse. Doing what I do, not just with SRT and for the Lord, sometimes within social media, sometimes within this world, my background in in things, those darts come from every direction. Accusations. Slander. Things meant to destroy And those little fires get started. I was talking to someone today about that internet trolls who love to destroy people, thinking that they're on a a vendetta as they have some divine agenda. Well, their agenda isn't very divine. It's demonic. And they will go out of their way to try to destroy somebody. And even once proven wrong, will never apologize, will never make up for what they did. They can't. They can't retrieve those darts. They can't retrieve the accusations. So let me add to that. Don't participate. What do you mean, Richard? Don't fire your own darts. Don't shoot your own arrows. Don't get tricked by the enemy into shooting your brother and your sister. All warfare is against the fallen. It's against the darkness. It's against the kingdom of darkness. It's against evil, evil thoughts, lust, passions, temptations, actions. I've begun to target things in prayer. I've begun to target people in prayer, some to be saved. The Lord tells me they're beyond saving if they're reprobate. Then I pray for the Lord to judge them. I always seek commands. I always seek his guidance. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man or woman. When God is faithful, he'll not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able to bear and will make a way of escape. 
Unfortunately, you can't see me. I'm not pausing because I don't know what to say. I'm pausing because I can hear the Spirit speaking and I'm trying to get a grasp on it. Many of you, in fact, most of you, is what he just said, you are afraid to enter into warfare because of the retaliation, because of the kickback that you've seen or maybe you've experienced. And I won't lie to you, it will happen. It does happen. But I'm still here, almost 33 years later. And we've suffered some casualties, we've suffered some loss. We've suffered some damage, but we've always come out the other side. But I will never prod you to the front line as I've seen done. I've seen ministers looking to make a name for themselves, push people that had no business being on the front line to ghost there, and I've watched carnage happen. But right now, in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, I bind that spirit of fear that keeps you from being who you are called to be, keeps you from living the life of victory that he decides for you, that he has decided for you. Nothing happening to you is your fault. Let me clarify that. Can you make bad decisions? Yes. Can you give the enemy a hand in your mess? Yes. But you also have the freedom and the ability to repent and ask him to clean up that mess or to help you to clean it up, and he will. So when I say it's not your fault, doesn't mean you didn't do it. But don't let the enemy beat you up with condemnation because there is an out. It's called grace. It's called repentance. And you've been tricked into allowing those arrows to burn instead of putting them out with the water of the word. You've been tricked into allowing those arrows to set your shield up in flames instead of dousing them. Don't be tricked anymore. He loves you beyond anything you can think or imagine. And when those arrows were fired at the Roman soldiers, they would know that the shields would catch most of them. But they would hope that the flames would spit out over onto their clothing. And I'm sure sometimes that happened. But if you're bathed in the word, and if you're marked by the blood, there's nothing to go up in flames. Take your thoughts captive to the obedience of Messiah. Claim the mind of Messiah. And cast down every vain imagination that exalts itself above his word. Get rid of those thoughts. Turn off whatever it is that's causing you to think this way. Start to praise. Start to dance. Turn on things you can sing along to. Because those arrows are going to come from everywhere. And they're going to come fast. If you've ever seen an archer who's good, 
shoot an arrow, you can barely see it with your eye. You hear the twang of the string and you hear the thud of the target. And they'll come from unexpected directions, maybe from people that you trusted, people that you let in close to you. Looking to ambush you. Been there, done that. It's not fun when somebody you let in close shoots an arrow and you're not ready. They pierce. They hurt. But if you let it burn, it'll torment you. You got to put it out. Got to put it out. Don't get set on fire. Don't get angry. Don't respond in anger or a fervor or passion. Just remember who shot it, not the person, the enemy. Remember who your enemy is. We battle not with flesh and blood. I got so much more here and I'm about to run out of time. I think I'm going to stop there because I want to deal with this issue of being wounded. It's not fun to be betrayed, be shot in the back, thinking that the person standing with you is with you to protect you when in actuality they're not. Gee, I, I don't think the Lord understands that at all. I mean, how could I possibly bring that to him about betrayal by somebody close to you? I'm being facetious. You see, he understands. He understands your frustration. He understands your pain. But sometimes he allows this stuff to happen to us to teach us compassion and mercy. I learned this early on. I've shared the story. I'm going to share it again for somebody out there. If you don't offer mercy, you will get no mercy because your mercy account will be empty when you go to take a withdrawal. And I say this from personal experience and from a story told to me by a woman known in the early days before she got saved as Diamond Lil. Then she became a born-again Messianic believer. And she was in the hospital, she told me, and she was dying. And she cried out to God for mercy. And he very clearly said to her, your mercy account is empty. And then he showed her someone that had come to her seeking mercy, and all they got was condemnation and judgment. And she cried out and repented, and he filled up her account, and he gave her mercy and let her live. And never again did she allow the account to become empty. That shield of faith protects that as well. So where is your faith? Is your faith in your faith? Or is your faith in the concept of faith? Or is your faith in him? Remember where we started? When the Lord said in the middle of the storm, thinking you're going to sink? Where is your faith? Where is your confidence in me? Why are you so fearful? Why don't you trust me? my veracity and my integrity. So, Lord, I come to you right now. 
We hold up our shield of faith to you and ask you to anoint it. Ask you to soak it. Ask you to empower it so that we can stand together side by side, back to back, and protect one another and protect ourselves. And I pray healing in all those areas where an arrow has gotten through, where you've been burned, where you've been singed. And I pray healing, deep, deep inner healing into you right now so that you can live the life of freedom, the life of joy, the life of happiness, and serve him like that, in that love, in that reverence, in that awe of knowing who your daddy is, of knowing who your Lord is. In a fallen world, trying to destroy you, and it won't matter, because you are armored up, and you have your shield, and you have your brothers and sisters. So, Lord, show them, speak to them right now, empower them, heal them, direct them, encourage them. Rain down upon them love, grace, mercy, and blessings. And if you've walked away or backslidden, come home. Repent. If you're not born again and you're just listening, in the name of Yeshua, King of kings, Lord of lords, confess with your mouth, believe with your heart, and become born again. Get your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Get out of the other kingdom and come over to our side. I pray all these things. In the name above all names. Yeshua HaMashiach. Jesus the Messiah. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And give you peace. Give you shalom. I'm Richard Grun. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio. Music.